0: Hello to everyone tuning into the Highly Optimized Podcast today. My name is Ryan Sprague, and throughout this podcast, I will be showcasing individuals who are living a life beat to their own drum, sharing their stories, and revealing their valuable information for each one of you listeners on how you can effectively take life into your own control, what steps to take to create your own path, and how to maximize your results in manifesting your dreams in this reality. Making his way onto the show to hang with us today is a man who, from the moment I first met, exuded strength confidence and creativity he's a world-class creativity coach where he guides individuals on the path to create what excites the most a lover of life's many adventures and an absolute force to be reckoned with in the woodworking space where he creates absolutely stunning works of art designed to add substance life and love to each of his clients lives please help me in giving a very warm welcome to my man eric blackwell eric what is good my man wow
1: Thank you for that intro, my friend. You got me pumped. Hell yeah, man. I yeah. love it.
0: <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, I, you know, my listeners are probably like, oh, God, here he goes again saying that it's his favorite part, but it is my favorite part. I love it. I love writing intros. It's so much fun. If I can get someone else excited about their own life and allow them to celebrate their wins, right? Talking lift to Lifted Talk. Um, yeah, man, I'll, I'll, I'll take that chance every day. You know, I'll do that every day. <laughs> so. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, you got
1: talent, my friend.
0: Thank you, brother. Thank you. Uh, You know, and looking into your life, um, it was immediately apparent just how much talent you have. And you know, so I'd love it if we could begin by you just sharing your journey with us. You know, sharing your backstory, sharing how you got to where you are today, all the ins and outs, ups and downs,
1: all that jazz. Wow. Uh, I'm wondering how far back I should go.
0: Uh, <laughs> you're like, well, you know, I was I, born um, by cesarean. No, I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs> we can get really specific here if that's what you're into. <laughs> um, yeah, I I, uh, I grew up in upstate New York. Um, I, early on in my life, realized I had a love for understanding how things work. And um, that is something that has stuck with me throughout my life. It's I've always been very curious about how things are put together, how they function, um, I ended up moving to Maryland with my family and uh, had to leave a lot of my friends behind right before middle school and then, after being in Maryland for middle and high school, I went to University of Florida to get a degree in mechanical engineering. I was really pumped about you know that same idea of how things are put together, how they work um, and upon arriving. Uh, at Florida and, and getting into those classes and doing six hours of thermodynamics homework a night, I realized that <laughs> uh, mechanical engineering maybe wasn't the best application of this this fascination that I have with how things work. So yeah. um, I have for the last 10 to 15 years been uh, rediscovering what fascinates me and then leveraging that into um, creating from a space where things come come effortlessly. Because you are so engrossed in what you're doing and you're so interested in in how you're doing it that you naturally educate yourself as you go. And uh, now that I've I've honed that skill, I'm having a really fun time sharing that with everybody and helping them rediscover what fascinates them. Um, Because I believe that if you can get really clear on what it is that fascinates you, we can channel that fascination into creation and the creation becomes so easy that you can drop into this flow state very very quickly and do things that are are fun and that's really what it's all about having fun
0: yeah yeah man and you know i immediately thought of how i've gone through that same process you know of finding things throughout the years that I loved, such as, you know, playing guitar, growing cannabis, um, you know, things like that. And then uh, most recently coaching, you know, and also the times in my life in which I've fallen out of that, right? And I've been doing things that maybe worked for me at one point, um, but I had outgrown in one way or another and was afraid to admit it to myself um, for fear of like, what comes next? What if I don't find anything else that I love? And um, Mm -hmm. it's so true. And I've really been, you know, riffing on, The subject of how to uh, quantify the flow, you know, and how to like make a daily process that allows me to slip into the flow. And, uh, you know, what I've noticed is that it's a little bit different every day, but I've gotten some things down, um, such as, you know, creativity. That's the number one thing, like everything kind of reverse engineers from that. Um, you know, if I'm able to be creative, then I'm able to slip into the flow. And it's just like, how do I want to be creative in that day? And, Having gotten to share space with you in Colorado and look into your background, it was extremely clear to me and is extremely clear to me that you have fully embodied the role of the creator in your life. What cast, what catalyzed you into falling in love with the process of creation?
1: Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> um, remembering a specific event is difficult, but I know the feeling mm. that uh, normally leads me to create. And it's when I discover... An opportunity to solve a problem Mm. Um, so it's in my day-to-day work um, I work for a software company and I work as a product manager and Mm. so my job is to find the pain points that people experience in running their business or interacting with this this product that we provide and then remove those roadblocks and open up new possibilities for them so I I think it's it's really, for me, centered around eliminating that pain for people. Mm. And if you look around in the world today, there's a lot of people who are experiencing a lot of pain, Mm. uh, whether that is something they inflict on themselves, or uh, something that is the result of, you know, something external. It's, it's really interesting to me that you can use creation to basically, uh, you it's, I want to say that you tune the pain out, but that's not really Mm. what's happening. We are we're letting go of the things that make us fearful and cause us pain um, Mm. or cause us to cause ourselves pain. And, um, if I can help someone with, you know, abandoning that, that victim mentality and coming from a place of strength where they know they have something to offer and, and they can build in a space that's really exciting for them. Um, the pain stuff immediately drops into the rear view and becomes something that's a part of your past.
0: Yeah. And I love that because, you know, what I heard there, too, was that the way you view pain is very similar to how I view pain. You know, and I got this from Paul Check when I took HLC1 with Grant, actually. And, uh, you know, the way that I view pain is another teacher, right? It's a teacher, the pain teacher, you know, and that might be confusing for someone listening. But if you think about it, pain is information, right? And just like you were saying, like there are time there are a lot of people that are in pain. And that's one of the main reasons why I'm careful to take certain medications like ibuprofen and things like that. Um, I mean, there's a lot of reasons, but that's one of them, because pain is a signal that something you're doing is not, you know, flowing with you. It's not resonating with your body. And it can be emotional, physical, mental or spiritual pain, you know. And so I'm curious, um, what have been some of the biggest lessons you've learned from the pain teacher?
1: Hmm. trying to remember it's the last couple weeks have been very painless and so now (laughs) (laughs) some things uh, that used to be painful they seem like they're they're really far behind me Um, I've I've experienced pain um, through grief uh, through losing people in my life that that was a really big one for me early on Mm. uh, that that changed um, a lot of things surrounding how I viewed the world and Mm. and, Whether life was going to be fair mm-hmm. or not, uh, so that that was that was something that hit me. I I lost my dad when I was 13. That was a very formative experience. Um, it it definitely galvanized me in a way. I, I became much more independent, but I also um, avoided the pain of his death and experiencing mm-hmm. that fully, um, grieving for that loss. And um, that's something that I've I found to be very common that a lot of people have a hard time pushing through the pain and allowing themselves to really feel it. And so that is, uh, something that I've been practicing more recently is allowing myself to feel pain. But, um, other examples of, of pain are usually for me going to be something physical, like Mm. injuring myself. And like you said, that's, that's feedback that your body is giving you when you feel that pain from something that happened to you a long time ago. Mm. And, um, that's why I love that we have so many cool people in our, in our circle that practice movement and are all about expanding, uh, what your body is capable of. Instead of working around your limitations, it's, you know, facing that, uh, that perceived limitation and pushing past it.
0: Yeah. And it's such a symbolism for life too. And and I agree, I'm we're I'm so grateful that we have the people we do in our circle. Um, some absolute legends. I just interviewed Josh Hash the other day and I was telling him how like just amazing it was to watch him and Brooks just dance around like out at like recess time, you know, when we were in Colorado and just like mm-hmm. you know, Brian Muka and I were watching him like, man. I want to fucking move like that, you know, (laughs) and uh, so (laughs) funny stories, Josh and I realized after the podcast, we're both going to be in Tulum together. Um, He's going there with his girlfriend. So, um, yeah, I'm going to definitely poke and prod him for movement practice uh, routines. Um, And, um, you know, it's it's interesting. I know we talked about, um, you know, both our father's passing in Colorado. You know, I lost my dad when I was 23. So 10 years, you know, in between 13 and 23. And uh, yeah, man, I, I ran from the pain for a long time. And, uh, you know, try to hide it with luckily the right things like I, I tried to get, you know, really into fitness like two a days and just, you know, the things that essentially burned me out and broke my body. But, you know, luckily it was something at least good in nature it wasn't, uh, you know, drugs or alcohol or something like that. But, yeah, for a mm-hmm. long time, um, I just I don't know. I just didn't feel it. I didn't allow myself to feel it. And uh, tuning back into that these days and accepting it and actually being grateful for the experience because you know like the way that you know asian cultures look at death is like they graduate you know they've they've you know they've risen above they've transcended to you know the afterlife and uh that's beautiful you know so yes it stinks and you know yes i miss them and you know i'm sure you feel the same way but at the same time you know i think i speak for both of us when you know when I say we're grateful for the experience at this point, you know, because it's allowed us to shape ourselves into the men we are today. And, uh, that's, that's awesome. You know, you know, as a fellow creator, I'm always taken back and humbled by the process surrounding creating something from nothing. What would you say your favorite part of the process of creating is?
1: Ooh, (laughs) I'm a big, I'm a big fan of ideas Mm. and, uh, playing in the idea space. Mm. So, um, (laughs) in, in my day to day, when I'm, when I'm doing software stuff, we have this concept of idea jail. Mm. Uh, when an idea comes up instead of running with it immediately, you place it off to the side and then you go off and you, you validate it and you ensure that this is worth doing, Mm -hmm. um, which is a very capitalistic approach to creation. (laughs) And so, uh, in my personal life, I, I throw away the idea of idea jail. And if an idea comes up and it's something that I'm excited about, I dig into why it excites me. And then normally from there, it becomes very clear why this is something I want to pursue. So, um, my, my, the short version is that I, I love when those ideas bubble up and there's excitement about the idea itself. As opposed to what this idea is going to do for me, it's a great uh, offshoot. I think it's important to you know keep that in mind when you're creating something, especially if it's going to be for other people. But it's really fun to play with the idea uh, when it first comes up that like you know sparks something in you and gets you really pumped, and then digging into why it gets you excited uh, because normally there's something underneath there that's going to translate to a lot of other parts of your life. So uh, a question I I love to ask, and I'd love to ask this to you now, if you're prepared to answer it, please (laughs) is, uh, in what areas of your life do you feel most creative? Mm.
0: In what areas of my life do I feel most creative? I would say for me, it's creating, uh, creating things like, you know, like podcasting, coaching, um, helping one another, um, helping others. You know, um, creating music. Um, So I would say, like, you know, what area of my life am I most creative in? Um, The process of creating is the area I'm most creative in. And I know that sounds like redundant, but, you know, what I mean by that is like, it's the, the, like you were saying, like the process of getting downloads of ideas and like, you know, like running to my notes section of my phone and writing it down and being like, Oh my God, this is the next big one, you know? And, um, <laughs> that's where I feel most creative. I feel most creative and most at home in my own mind, you know, in my own heart. Yeah. Oh man, that's
1: beautiful Thank uh, you and God. wonderful. I'm so happy <laughs> to hear that for you. Cause that is, that is rare. Um, yeah. In my experience, it's uh, becoming less and less common that people feel attuned to their creativity. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think we all, at least people in our generation, we grew up hearing that uh, we were either creative or we weren't normally from a a teacher, an authority figure of some kind, and we associate that now with um, artistic creativity, Mm -hmm. like painting and drawing and, and things that are more traditionally considered art. Um, but what we're doing every day as we create is we're, we're creating art constantly. Podcasts are art. Everything that you mentioned that you like to do, that's, that's your art. Uh, but it's also, I think it's important to, to separate art uh, from creativity a little bit and get excited about having your creative muscles uh, strengthened so that when the opportunity presents itself to create, You're very confident in your ability to identify why it's exciting for you and what you want to do with this creative energy um, to get an outcome for yourself or for others that's really meaningful.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm really glad you brought that up, too, that, you know, the process of creativity has been stifled for many of us from, you know, the stories that we aren't creative, right? And and that Mm -hmm. most of those stories stem from like a typical sense of creativity with art and music, but really like. The second you choose to do something, you're being creative, right? Like, because you're choosing Mm -hmm. to do whatever it is that, you know, you love, right? And uh, so I invite everyone listening to ask yourselves, you know, where do you feel most creative in life? You know, that's a great question, Eric, you know, and I really feel like so many people can benefit from that. And what else came up for me there was how kids are so curious you know, and they ask why, 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 and and eventually you're like, all right, no more whys, you know? And uh, but you know, I also, you know, I, I invite the audience and, and you as well, Eric, to to ask yourselves this. I know that you, you know, never stopped asking why, but when was the when was the last time you really asked yourself why about anything? You know, like um, it's you know, for me, like like you were saying, like understanding, like just the subject of understanding. Is so important. And then you apply that to your own life because, you know, we each have such a unique expression of, you know, authenticity that we come into this life with. You know, no one will ever be born with the same fingerprint we have, right? So we have the ability to change the world and change the lives of those around us and change our lives in a way that no one else can. And so I invite everyone listening to, you know, take 10 minutes at the end of this episode and just really tune into you know, what is your why, you know, like, why do you, why do you operate the way you do? And what makes you enjoy the things you do? Um, yeah, man, that's a rabbit hole that I love going down (laughs) and I love journaling about it too. You know, it's so much fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad that you, you worded it the way you did about, about kids and how Mm. curious they are and how excited they are. And the fact that, uh, if you've ever had a, you know, a young niece or nephew uh, at your hip walking around with you, you're very familiar with uh, how often they ask you why. Yeah. And um, that's that's something that I think, like you said, we all need to spend more time practicing. We all have the opportunity to practice that a lot more often. But I think there's some uncomfortability around asking why uh, mm-hmm. in certain scenarios. People have stopped asking why because they've, they've uh, accepted an answer that they've created normally from a story as the why. Yeah. Um, so I would implore your, your listeners to go even deeper. When you figure out what area of your life you feel most creative um, or something that you want to do, you you know you figured out what your purpose is, I would ask why five times. Mm. So yes. ask why uh, some, an, you're most creative in an area of your life. And then once you've figured out that why, ask why again. And keep going deeper. And it may not take all five, but normally uh, we we have underlying whys that are much deeper than the first or second time that you ask that question. So um, if you you know answered it a second or a third time, even as you keep going deeper, and, and uh, you, you know that you have the answer, great. But if there's still something lingering in the back of your mind that's like, I know there's more here. Dig deeper. I implore you to push through for those last couple of lies. They It can be difficult at times, um, but underneath each of those is something really profound about what drives you. And that's something I think everyone should take the time to experience. And then with that information, decide what you want to do next. Mm.
0: Yeah, man, I love that times a thousand because, you know, I know for many people, They have a story that they're running in the background at some point that, you know, allows them to think that they have to ask why rather than they get to ask why. Right. And I know we're both huge Hmm. language nerds. (laughs) So, um, you know, I know that you understand the grasp of, you know, having to do something versus getting to do something, you know, having to do something comes from your ego and getting to do something comes from your heart, you know. And so I invite also, you know people to ask like why do I get to do this you know and and yeah man it's it's all about finding purpose and you know really just diving deep you know and we I know speaking from my own reality um, I spent many years especially after my dad passed not asking myself enough questions about myself it was just like wake up okay la 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 through my day and then just go to bed and you know fall asleep and not really ever go below surface level of how I was feeling. Um, And, you know, that manifests, you know, into physical ailments, into uh, emotional ailments, uh, mental ailments, such as anxiety, depression. Um, And, you know, it's also really curious that we have such a high amount of those, you know, uh, ailments right now going on, anxiety and depression. And that's why I feel like coaching is becoming so popular right now is because people are they're, they're out of options, you know, for many of them, therapy doesn't work, you know, for those it does awesome. But, you know, for those, it doesn't work, you know, people looking for other options, and they're looking for something new. And they're looking for something that makes more sense, you know, and, and for me, I know, when I first spoke with Mark, you know, for instance, uh, it just made more sense. I was like, Oh, shit, like, this just inherently feels good to me. You know, it's, it's simple questions. And, you know, what coaching does is it allows you to go deep within yourself, you know, and I love that creative process of really finding out who you are, you know, beneath surface level, you know, and I know that when I'm writing music, you know, coaching or prepping for a podcast, there will inevitably be blockages and challenges surrounding the process of creating as a whole. What are some of the lessons you've learned from experiencing these periods and navigating through them successfully?
1: I'm uh a big fan of the concept of creating, uh, only for as long as it is fun for you. Mm. So, um, that's something that I I had to come to the conclusion after burning myself out, forcing myself to create and, um, you know, focusing on like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do this many, uh, graphic design projects this weekend, or I'm going to knock out all of these woodworking gifts that I have in my backlog. Mm. And, um, what I found is that when I made it an obligation to do any part of the process, it, it took away my ability to be in a flow. So what I do now, um, is I will schedule time for myself to have a creation sprint. And, um, I do this every week. It's something I, I recommend to a lot of different people. Cause I think it's, it's a fun exercise to try because there is no minimum amount of time that you spend on it. But the the top end of the amount of time you might spend on it, it it could last weeks once you get into it. I've been in a creation sprint for about three straight weeks since we got back from the house in Colorado. Um, What I ask people to do is set some time aside on a day that they know um, they have some freedom to manage their own schedule. So normally for most people, that's on like a Saturday or a Sunday. Um, What I then ask them to do is uh, fuel up Get started with your day with the best possible routine that uh, you have in that moment. So get your coffee, do your movement, whatever it is uh, to put you in the right state. And then I want you to start creating whatever comes next. Take a couple deep breaths if necessary, really tune into yourself and then go. Whatever comes up first, start creating that thing. And so long as it is fun, keep going. But if at any point you lose that spark or you think to yourself like, oh, you know what? I'm not enjoying this as much as I was an hour ago or even 10 minutes ago, feel free to stop. You can pivot into something else if you are you feel so called to do a different activity, you create in a different space or on a different project. But um, if you burn through that energy and you stop, uh, I've, I've had 45 minute creation sprints that have then energized me for like days afterward because I was so engrossed in that moment and having so much fun letting things out. Uh, and then, like I said, I've had creation sprints where once I've gotten into them, uh, the one I'm currently in, I've, I've yet to come out of, I have been creating <laughs> daily, um, by connecting with people, um, by building projects, by, uh, helping other people with their ideas and, and forming up um roadmaps for them on on how they're going to go uh you know launch into these these creation sprints and start really doing things that fulfill them Mm -hmm. so that's a that's a practice i encourage everyone to to try out book some time for yourself uh fuel up and then think about what would make you most happy to create in that moment and get started
0: Man, that is such good advice, you know, and and I love what you brought up there about, you know, not having expectations around what you're going to create or how long you're going to create it, because I know for me, you know, I fell into that for a long time, like, no, you're going to write three songs today, no matter what, you know, and and. those songs never came out as good as the ones that were just like, you know what? I think I want to play guitar right now. And then boom, I just create like a song that was like awesome, you know? And, uh, and I'm sure you found the same with all your different art forms, you know? And, and I, I feel like we're, we're dancing around the idea of, you know, coming from your mind versus coming from your heart, you know, cause the mind has expectations, you know, it has, um, ideas of what it should be, what it could be, what it has to be, what it, you know, what it could look like when it's done. Um, And the heart just sings, you know, the heart just, um, it, it just gives you a feeling and you just flow with it. You know, it's the feminine, you know, so the feminine flows, you know, and when that flow is done, it's like, you know, it just came to me. It's like when you go down a lazy river, you know, at the end of the river, it's done, you know, and then you can go back up and get back on, but there's a beginning and an end, you know? And so I love that, you know, asking yourself or just inquiring each day, like, is the river of my creativity flowing today? Or is it ended, you know, and is it time to go hang out on the rocks and sunbathe for a little while until I find a new river, <laughs> you know, and uh, yeah, I love that, man. And, you know. One of the things we just talked about um was like the routine, right the routine of like you know get yourself centered, you know get yourself charged up, and I'm curious, you know what is your like routine that you use, and I know it could be different, you know depending on what day or whatever, but what are some of the methodologies that you found most effective in bringing out the muse when the muse wants to come out
1: hmm. um coffee coffee works great, I'm <laughs> Yes, a big fan I agree a nice uh. <laughs> Pour over coffee because that in and of itself is a process and has uh, an element where you have to be present as you're making it. We got rid of our coffee machine a while ago, and now that this has become something I do every day, uh, it's very centering to sit there and and make the coffee. And then after I consume the coffee, I have a ton of energy uh, to go do whatever else I want to do. Normally uh, I will engage in some breath work. Breath work is a great way to ground myself and um, to – calm all of my thoughts so that I can create from a place of clarity because I feel that good creation comes from clarity. Mm -hmm. If you have distractions, if you have other things going on in your mind, um, your creation is likely to be less than what it could be because you are, you're entertaining multiple things at once. And so it's much harder to hear your heart if your mind is also uh, in there telling you about things you should be working on or, Oh, don't forget, you got to call that person this afternoon. Um, so I definitely like to focus in, um, on what my heart is saying by, by quieting it down, quieting everything else down with some breath work. Mm. And, uh, beyond that, it, it really depends on what I'm doing, but, um, that's always a good place for me to start because then I have, I have that, that clarity that I'm looking for. And then what I want to work on, um, usually becomes really clear because something will call out to me. It's like, Ooh, that sounds fun. And then that's the first thing that I do. That's
0: awesome, you know. And I love what you said about the pour of a coffee. Do you use a Chemex like uh, Ben
1: does? Uh, Yeah, I have something pretty similar. I don't. I think Ben has the really nice one.
0: But yeah, (laughs) there's a coffee shop that uh, Rachel and I go to uh, right near our house, uh, Red Eye Roasters. And if you guys listen to this, you're the best. Uh, They Mm. make the best espresso. Uh, And they have Chemexes there. And so I was always like, what is that? You know, but I get, I love espresso. I'm like, you know, full on into espresso. So I've never tried it. And then I show up to Virginia and Ben's fucking art, artisan Chemex is there. And I'm like, whose Chemex is that? And he's like, it's mine. I'm like, can I watch you make that tomorrow? Because it was something I've been so curious about. Man, that is like some intensely good coffee. And um, I agree though. You know, another thing I love to use is um, Kratom or Kratom. Um, that is another great plant medicine that I've found for me really helps me get in the flow. Like I can take one, I'll usually take it on the second half of my day, um, cause breath work and my meditation and, you know, things like that will get me through the first half. And then, um, I'll take, you know, one of those. And I mean, it's like 12 hours of soaring creativity. It's, it's amazing. Um, and, you know, but it needs to be primed first with the breath work and stuff, or it just kind of makes you energized and jittery. Um, so, eh, probably like coffee as well. So, <laughs> and, uh, you know, one of my favorite, you know, absolute favorite memories of our Colorado trip was when you gifted each one of us that beautiful piece of heartwood that you created and, you know, crafted that perfectly summed up the brotherhood created that week between each of us. I'm curious, what led you to become interested in woodworking?
1: well um that fascination with with how things work um is is kind of the core uh i would say it is the core Mm -hmm. i want to understand how things are made and how they're put together and um wood is a medium that pretty much anybody can work with you can acquire the tools from home depot or from amazon you can put them in your garage or whatever open space that you have i mean you can buy a sawhorse and put it out in the middle of an open space Um, and from there you can start making things and you can see how the tools behave. So for me, woodworking was a very approachable way to start creating physical products, creating physical, um, manifestations of my ideas in a way that would have been, um, either cost prohibitive or, uh, involving certain equipment or chemicals or things I didn't want to deal with. Like when you do metalworking, um, if you're, you know, iron smithing or if you're welding or things like that, there's environments normally that you need for those things in order to do them properly. Woodworking is much more approachable in my opinion. Uh, so I took woodworking in high school after um, building stuff with my dad and my grandfather growing up. They both enjoyed, you know, putting, putting a hammer and nails to wood every now and then. So I, I learned a lot from them, but mm-hmm. Taking that, that wood shop class in high school, I ended up taking it all four years, and I saw that I could build things that were truly one of a kind, and I could do that in a way that um, – I, I love the gift-giving aspect of woodworking. I can make something that doesn't exist, that perfectly speaks to this individual, and I can make it from beginning to end in a couple of days normally. So. Having a medium where you can create things physically is really exciting for me, and that's one of the main reasons that I love doing this work is that you get to hand something to someone, and you get to see that look on their face when they're holding it in their hands. Something that you made, that's, that's one of the most powerful feelings I've ever experienced is the joy that you get from that.
0: Yeah, brother, you know, what I just thought of when you said that was, um, you know, you've talked about how the love for how things work, your curiosity, right, for how things work. You know, I mm-hmm. see that as your heartwood, you know, I see it as the strongest part of your foundation, you know, and uh, I just thought that was really cool. And I wanted to share it, you know, because I, I found that analogy between the heartwood and, you know, your your just longing for finding out how things work, you know, and it seems like it's your guiding light in your, in your, you know, your North Star through life. And, um, I think that's beautiful. Yes.
1: Yeah. I think that's beautiful. Thanks man. Yeah. (laughs) You hit the nail on the head. It it is a very core thing for me. Um, I recognized, um, while we were in the house, I I put words to this, but it's something I've known for a long time. And that Mm. is that fascination is my superpower. Mm. So with, with that knowledge that, um, I can be, when I'm fascinated by something, I am totally, uh, in it. Like, I am engrossed in that thing. Um, that is something now that I can I can share with other people and I can help them tap into. Um, so what's really cool about having fascination as your superpower is that you attract fascinating people. Yeah. <laughs> and that has been my experience is that I continuously connect with individuals who have very unique skills um, or have honed in on something that is super meaningful to them and you get to work in that space with them, um, to help them create something that is going to outlive them, which is, uh, also like one of my favorite things to do is, is working with someone on, uh, whatever they want to create that's going to exist when they're gone getting them to think about what that is and then helping them create it. That's, that's super fun, man. That's, you know, generational, um, legacy that we get to leave behind and that I get to contribute to. And that's that I feel like that's why I'm here. Yeah,
0: man. That's the magic sauce right there. You know, and mm-hmm. as I was looking through the things that you love, uh the spirit of adventure came up, you know, and the spirit of adventure for me is one that is seemingly always calling out, especially as of late and knowing that you are quite the adventurer yourself i'm curious you know what role has adventuring played in your life and what has been your favorite adventure to date
1: adventure up to this point until very recently was um yeah something that always called to me but that i used as an escape mm. so um i would take vacations to adventure to get away from things here, uh, in my normal day to day that felt monotonous or felt oppressive or trapping. Um, so a lot of the adventures that I took previously were, um, at least partially to get away as much as they were to go experience that thing. And I've noticed a really big shift, uh, in the last couple of weeks that now my, my call to adventure is purely to experience. And to go do something different, and to find, uh, go see things I haven't seen before, and to uh, get to interact with new people. So, uh, yeah, I, I think my favorite adventure, even though it, it you know it was a fifty-fifty split back at that point in time, uh, <laughs> was when I I went to uh, Peru and mm-hmm. I did the Inca Trail to Machu Picchu, which was a four-day hike across. I say it was like 27 miles, but you go up and down and up and down through these, these mountains, um, following this trail all the way to, uh, what's called the sun gate where Machu Picchu is like, it opens up to you and walking through that gate, um, as the sun came up was, it was magical. It was one of those experiences that like, I can so clearly picture in my mind. I can call that up at any point and I still get goosebumps being in that space. Um, so that, that's one that, uh, is very near to my heart because it, it was something that challenged me. Uh, it was something that put me well outside of my comfort zone. I'm normally not much of a hiker, uh, especially if we're talking about like multiple days backpacking. Um, (laughs) but getting to do that and, uh, getting to do a try a lot of new things along the way, um, and then, for it ultimately to culminate in that that vision of this ancient place that you walk into like as the sun was coming up that that's a a feeling I'm going to be chasing for the rest of my life as i as I go to different places I'm going to be looking for that type of experience where you get to tap into the energy that's already there and then you get to be in that space um, in the way that you were meant to.
0: Mm-hmm yeah man you know uh peru is one of the ones i want to really hit as well um you know in machu Picchu, i didn't i wasn't aware it was a four-day hike um but that makes it even cooler (laughs) um you know uh 27 miles man that's 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 hard for anyone you know especially um for anyone like i'm not a backpacker either you know and uh I wanted to uh, do that three day backpacking trip after Colorado, but I was so spent. I was like, "Oh man, uh, that's going to be rough to do," you know. And and you <laughs> know, one of the things that uh, you know we talked about um, heavily in Colorado was focusing on what we want most out of our lives, you know, and how we plan to go about getting it. And I'm curious, you know, what is it that you want most in life right now?
1: I started this year with the. Uh, I guess it's a mantra, if you will. I I wasn't calling it then, but that's pretty much what it is. I said that in 2020, freedom is my capital. Hmm. So money, um, uh, there are a lot of other things that are either useful or important to me. Obviously, money is useful. Connection is really important. um, Family and friends, uh, stability. But my focus was on freedom. And how I can open things up for myself so that I can let my heart lead more often. Uh, I would love to get to a point where my heart is leading 100% of the time. (laughs) I feel like I'm, I'm getting closer to that every single day, which is, uh, yeah, I'm so glad to hear that. That's super exciting. It's a really great feeling when you are able to open up at that level and then trust what your heart is telling you. Mm. So that's, um, I I forgot what the question was that you asked. No, that's perfect. It was
0: you answered it perfectly, man. It was what do you want most in life? And, you know, I think the answer you just gave was perfect. It was, you know, I want my heart to lead 24 seven, you know, um, and that's, that's exactly Exactly. my goal as well. Um, my goal is, you know, just to share my thing is very similar to yours, um, is to just get out of my own way. You know, like that's what I want most in life. And that's what I'm doing. You know, I'm owning that. I'm stepping into that, you know, and really looking back at the last year of my life, you know, leaving the industry I thought I was going to be in for the rest of my life, um, you know, like accepting that it wasn't the right fit for me and pushing through all the shit that comes along with that when you have to go through a little crisis of, uh, you know, identity and, um, then reforming myself Mm -hmm. into the person I am today. Yeah, man, you know, it's like, um, and I'm sure you can look back and do the same thing, you know, and, and I'm sure if the Eric from today, you know, looked at the Eric from five years ago and 10 years ago, he'd probably see a completely different Eric, right?
1: Oh, definitely.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, man. Same here, dude. I wouldn't even recognize it myself 10 years ago. (laughs) I mean, my hair
1: would still be long, but that's about it, you know? So, (laughs) 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 dude, uh, that's good. You, you recognize now that, um, you have all of the tools and you're ready to start creating. And that's such an exciting state to be in. Um, I'm, I'm very, very happy for you. And I would love to collaborate with you on anything that you plan to create as you move forward, because that uh, is something I love being a part of more, more than anything else. I I just love being in that space with people and collaborating when they're, when they're feeling at their most creative and their heart is what's leading.
0: I would love nothing more than that, man. I have a couple of cool projects that I think you would really be excited about that I would absolutely love to collaborate with you on. Um, you know, it's so funny because, you know, one of my affirmations that I just made two days ago, it came to me during a meditation was I am my biggest strength and asset. You know and that was a huge step for me you know because at one point you know again growing up and being labeled as someone with anxiety and all the yada yada that goes along with it um it was just such a big milestone and i really just sat in that wind for a little while and was like wow like yeah i really feel that you know and yeah man that's special you know and dude eric this has been an absolute pleasure and an honor getting to share space with you and share your voice with the listeners. Where can I send people to connect with you and learn more about you?
1: Well, uh, best place for them to connect with me personally is likely through um, uh, Instagram. That's really the only social media platform that I engage on. And on there, uh, currently, I'm set up as, uh, my handle is at Eric Makes It. And uh, I don't know if that's what it'll be uh, a couple (laughs) of weeks from now, but if you're looking for Eric Blackwell, I'm, I'm sure that you'll find me. Uh, the other place that you can, uh, see some of the stuff that I'm creating is on Instagram under at spark woodcraft. That is my woodworking business where I post, um, a lot of my projects, a lot of my thoughts around the creative process. It's where, uh, I collaborate with people to bring their ideas into reality, uh, most directly. But now as I get more into the coaching side of things, um, I will be working with people, uh, on, things that are a little bit more broad, like the, the, that practice of creation and, uh, helping people navigate that space, uh, so that they can create something that's really meaningful to them and that, uh, they're going to continue to be fascinated by.
0: Yeah. And for everyone listening, go check out this guy's work. It is incredible. That Viking table, man, I heard you talk about that in Colorado, dude. Uh, as soon as I as soon as I buy my new house, you, I would love for you to build me a Viking table. You know, I'm six, four and have long hair. I feel like I have to have a Viking table.
1: <laughs> you know, yes. we also need a Stein made out of some sort of horn. Yes. Um, yes. Dude. <laughs> I love that yes. idea. I will be first in line to help you with that project.
0: Yes to all of that, man. And, you know, for my last question, if someone listening could only make one change to highly optimize their life, what would Eric Brockwell suggest that change be?
1: Embrace your creativity. If you learn to embrace your creativity and let it flow, you'll be able to do it fearlessly. And that will give you a path to doing everything else fearlessly.
0: Spoken like a true masterman, could not agree more myself. Like I said in the intro guys, from the first moment I met Eric, we connected on a deep soul level. And to see someone so aligned with their truth and on their path, Is not only an inspiration, but is a gift for all of those around him who are lucky enough to call him their friend and family. If you are seeking a spark of creativity in your life, or are looking for some guidance in discovering what your unique creative expression is in life, then reach out to Eric to inquire about all the amazing ways he can jumpstart your creativity and leave you with a smile from ear to ear. Eric, thank you again, my brother, for stopping by to share space with the listeners and me. And until next time, my friend, journey well. Be well. Much love to you. Namaste. What is up everybody? I hope you are all enjoying the show and I wanted to stop by real quick and share a little bit about our latest podcast sponsor, Freedom Builders. Now, Freedom Builders are a team of graphic designers, website creators, videographers, social media marketing experts, and coaches that build out your custom online business from A to Z. This is a done for you service, which means they do the work for you while you get to put your focus back on what you love most, which is coaching your clients and bringing in sales. Now as a former online fitness coach, Mike knows where your struggle points are and exactly how to help you overcome them. This is why he created Freedom Builders, so that you can scale your business while protecting your time and your energy. Now you guys know that delegation is a business superpower and you can activate this superpower today by scheduling a complimentary call with Mike at freedombuilders, with a Z on the end.com so you can start building the freedom that allows you to take your business to the next level. Alex and I recently connected with Freedom Builders for our Connect with Cannabis build out, and we could not have been happier with the results. With Mike and his team, they were able to go through an outline and create a personalized program for our experience, develop our brand identity, build and design a custom branded webpage, professionally edit our program video content, custom design all of our slide presentations, automate our email marketing sequences, create a seamless payment system for our offer, design unique infographics for our social media content, and guide us through our proven launch blueprint to generate organic leads through our social media. So if you're a coach, facilitator, or healer listening to this ad right now, and you are looking to put freedom back into your life, once again, go to freedombuilders with a Z on the end.com and book your complimentary call today. I hope you all enjoy the rest of the show and I'm wishing you the best day ever.